So, hello, can you hear me? Wow, it's so wonderful to be here. Kath um, and Christian and the team, thank you so much for that beautiful worship. You can't go wrong when you worship God and give Him the glory. And um, I actually love the ending, that, the last song that we ended on, because it was about a bride getting ready for, for God, for her groom. And this morning I was toying, like, should I title it Stand and Take the Sword or Battle Ready Bride? So you can have both titles for free this morning. Um, and yeah, so I want to actually start. My earring, is it hooking? I'll just have one earring. There we go. Um, I want to start by telling you about a church. This church had an incredible healing revival taking up place. It was, there was an outpouring of the presence of God like never before, and people would come on the bus loads. They'd put their loved ones on buses and on trains to get to this church where there would be an outpouring of the presence of God, and they would be healed, set free, saved, and restored. And this church I want to tell you about is Glenridge. However, it hasn't happened. It's going to happen. So this is a prophetic picture of the church of Glenridge, and this was apparently given to our church many years ago, and we are contending to see the outpouring of His Spirit like never before. And so I wanted just to take this opportunity, I just, while, whilst I was praying, I felt the Holy Spirit to say, I want you to remind this bride, Glenridge Church, of her destiny this morning. So Glenridge, your roots are in revival. He is coming like never before. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. Are you ready? And we are so expectant. And so I want to preach to you this morning about another word, but a word, the word of God, which can never come back void. And I want to give us some tools this morning that we would leave a battle-ready bride, and we would take the word of God, which is true purer than silver, never returns void, and we're going to wage war with this weapon that the Lord has given us, the sword of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit sword, the Word of God. And whether you are contending for promises over your own life, or whether you are um, needing breakthrough in certain areas, or whether you've forgotten, you've just aborted the promises, your big dreams, this morning God wants to breathe life over you. He wants to breathe life over your dreams, and we're going to leave a bride ready for battle. So you're excited, because I am. So I want to tell you about another church in the Bible, but this church, it really did happen, this revival, and so is ours going to, the healing revival's coming. But this is the church of Ephesus, and um, in the book of Ephesians, Paul is sitting in prison, writing this letter to the church, and the church of Ephesus is actually super well educated. They're quite knowledgeable in the ways of God, and there was a massive revival that you can go and read about in the book of Acts. Um, that happened with the church of Ephesus. There was baptisms, baptism of the Holy Spirit, witches were getting delivered, set free, saved, on fire for Jesus. And there was truly, there was a buzz. The Holy Spirit was working big time in this church. And so Paul, um, very well aware of the, the spiritual battle going on because the city was also the center of pagan worship. The scholars say that the Greek goddess was actually, the temple of the Greek goddess was situated right outside the city. And so the, can you imagine there's a spiritual war going on that's more real than the natural eye. And this is actually, Paul lands himself in prison and says to the, to, gives a final charge to the Ephesian church there. And this is what we're going to focus on today, Ephesians 6. 
Um, can you put it up, Shepherd? So this, this is from the Message Bible, but just the beginning. It says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong, and he wants you strong, Glenridge Church. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. So there is a massive battle, and I feel like today, God, like friends, we are in an, like a war with, you know, I mean, the pandemic is a natural, you can see it with your natural eye, this war going on, but the spirit realm is even more going at it. And so do not be discouraged because the Lord has given us weapons that we can use, worship, thanksgiving, rejoicing. And then in Ephesians 6, he gives us the armor of God. And I want to fo focus on one particular armor, and that is the sword of the spirit. And Stan lent me this massive sword, which I'm going to lift up with my muscles. This, <laughs> the, can you, so the sword that the, the Greek, the Roman soldiers actually used was a machaira, which is a short, it's actually a short sword, but this is just a beautiful picture of the sword of the spirit doing damage, doing damage um, in the enemy's camp. So let's go into Ephesians 6. You can put it up there, shepherd. Thank you. So therefore, so well aware of the spirit war that's going on, this is what Paul says to the church, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth um, and shaving, no, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, all circumstances, whether it's good or bad, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Can you repeat that last sentence with me? And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So I've got two parts to this preach. Um, stand up and take the sword. And I... Stand up and take the sword. And so just quickly, if you look at this, this text, Paul actually uses the word in, in the ESV version, stand up, quite a few times. Can you, uh, yeah, so he's like, withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm, stand therefore. And then I, I just highlighted take up, because take up, stand, some translations say like, the, like wrestle, put on, these are all verbs, doing words. Okay, so we can't just be like a happy camper. We actually need to be intentional about taking the weapons God gives us and putting them to you so we can be a battle-ready bride and stand victorious. So my first point, stand. And um, Cassie gave, gave a beautiful prophetic word at an elders meeting we recently had about standing up in this season. And it's the time to stand. And two weeks ago, Sharon DeBeer, I don't know if she's here, but she came forward and whispered into Nick's ear while Christian was giving a word down here about um, putting your stake in the ground and claiming your ground. And she said, it's territory taking time. And so this morning, my first point is merely a prophetic point, but it's, it's time to stand up, Glenridge. No warrior can ever sit and fight a battle. 
There are seasons to sit and rest, and we know that Jesus is sitting for us and interceding at the right hand of the Father for us. But in this season, I really feel prophetically and believe that God is asking us to stand up, arise and shine for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And I just wanted to say that over you, it's time to stand, it's time to take the territory, it's time to go forth, um, take back what the enemy's stolen. So it's time to stand. He's, risk the, he's worth the risk of standing. He's worth, he's worth it all. And so the next part, take the sword. And this is what I'm so passionate about. Take the sword of the Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit sword, because he says, take the sword of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit sword. All scripture is breathed out by God. Um, and so I just wanted to make it clear this morning, we can't have the word without the Spirit. It's both. Um, the Spirit needs to give us a spirit of revelation as we read this word. But let me look at these six weapons that got, that got the, the armor. All six of them are defensive in nature, all, all designed to protect us, the, the helmet, the shield, all designed to protect us. But what I love about the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is it is an offensive weapon. It is like, I'm coming at you. Are you ready? I'm coming at you, and I'm going to come and steal and take back what is mine. I'm going to come and come victorious because of what Jesus did. It's an offensive weapon. So as I said, the, the Roman soldiers and the sword that Paul speaks about in this text is called the Mechaira, which is a short sword. It's actually only about 48 centimeters long, scholars suggest. And it's, it's, super, um, it's always at their side. It's easy to use, and it's actually used often for um, up-close personal um, combat with the enemy. And so I just thought that was a beautiful picture how this, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God needs to be in us, on our lips, on our tongues, ready to use at any given moment in all circumstances. So I have five, so we, so we know this is the Holy Spirit's sword, but, and we, we know we have to stand up and take the sword, but this morning I want to give you five, five um, tools as to how we can take the sword. You know, how do we actually take the sword? Have you thought about that? Because it's the word of God. And so I've got five points for us. It's um, read the word, believe the word, speak the word, pray the word, and pursue the word. And I promise I won't take all morning. <laughs> so the first one, read the word. And I know this might, you must be like, obviously, we're all Christians. We're going to read the Bible. But friends, it's time to get intentional with reading the word of God. I read a quote once that said, um, it was talking about praying, but I'm going to use it in the context of reading. Read when you feel like it, read when you don't feel like it, and read until you do feel like it. Is we, need to have, we need to stir up an appetite for the word of God. And it's so amazing to me, the paradox of the kingdom, because in the natural, if we're hungry, we eat and we'll be filled. But in the, in the supernatural, if we're hungry, we need to eat more. And the more we eat, the more we feast on the word of God, the more hungry we'll get. And friends, he, he wants to pour out his presence to a hungry church. You know, he says in the book, of Matthew, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be 
filled. So it's a promise when we hunger, we will be filled. And God wants to fill us this morning. The word of God convicts, restores, guides, and protects. It cuts to the heart. We know Hebrews 4 verse 12, it says, The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Friends, no one can convict you like the Holy Spirit can. And I know when you're reading this, when I read this word, often the Holy Spirit will convict me of something and it's a beautiful moment before him to repent and come closer to him because we want to be as close as possible to Jesus. So the Holy Spirit counsels us. Um, the Word of God can part the Red Sea of your circumstance. It can bring down the walls of your Jerichos and it can, fight, it can, it can target a single stone at your Goliath. The word of God is powerful, and so we've got to read it. And I really believe God is calling us to be a generation who's super intentional with the word of God. We're going to leave here a battle-ready bride hungry for the word of God this morning. So read the word. Number two, believe the word. Believe the word. So we're going to go to Mark 5. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark 5. Jairus is, um, it's the healing of Jairus' daughter, where he heals the, um, the dead, Jesus raises a dead girl, and he heals that woman who bled for 12 years. And so we're not going to focus on the woman, but it's a beautiful text. So Mark 5, I'm going to read it off the screen. So then, so Jesus has just come out of the boat, and he's flogged by the crowd, and um, he says, it says that then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. And I just want to stop there because I was reading this last night. So Jesus went with him. And I felt, actually, some of you need to hear this morning that Jesus goes with you. When you are facing a crisis in your life or you're in a valley, Jesus goes with you. So verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of, of Jairus, the synagogue leader. So before this, he's just, the woman has just touched his cloak and received healing, stopped her bleeding for 12 years. And then while he's still speaking, the people come. So verse 35, the synagogue leader said, they say, your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talita kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk. She was around 12 years of age, and at this, they were completely astonished. And there is so much I could pull out from this beautiful story, but I wanted to pull out the words of Jesus in verse 36, don't be afraid, just believe. And friends, Jairus could have been like, um, you know, he's just heard that his child has died. He could have it's in our, I can only imagine you would feel completely helpless, super, super broken at that, at that point. 
And Jesus asks them to be courageous and bold and not believe the report that his friends came to give him, but to believe the report of Jesus Christ, which is resurrection life. And so what circumstance, I want to ask you this morning, what, what is your circumstance shouting at you? What is the report that you've been believing? Because Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe the word of God. This word of God, which is sure, it is strong, it's, it's the rock, the firm foundation with which we can stand. So don't be afraid, just believe. And to believe, we have to get into the word of God. We have to know this, the, the scriptures. What I also love about the story about um, this, this girl who was dead is she was literally dead with absolutely no ability to hear, to hear, no ability to hear. And Jesus spoke and, and she came to laugh. But she spoke, she couldn't even hear. She could not even hear Jesus' words, but his words brought laugh. And so as we speak, we've got to know that when we speak, we release the, the power of Jesus Christ with our words because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So believe the words, which leads me to my next point, the whole speaking when Jesus speaks, is to speak the word. Number three, speak the word. And those who are close to me know how passionate I am about declaration, shouting it out, speaking the word, the power of the spoken word. And so this morning, this is a massive tool to speak the word of God, to take the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and declare it out loud. When the, the word that, that Paul actually uses here for the word of God, <clears throat> there's two words, rhema and logos, and he uses rhema, which is actually the spoken word of God. He says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the spoken word of God. So we've got to speak. It's got to be in us. We've got to read it. We've got to believe it, and we've got to speak it out, speak it forth. What's so interesting is that I love to follow the Hebrew calendar and look at what, you know, what the prophets say or what prophetically is going on. And we're actually in the Hebrew year 5781, which is the year of the mouth. It's the year to speak. So guys, it is time. There is anointing on your voice as a believer. It's time to stand up in the authority that Christ has given us as a son or a daughter of the Most High. And it's time to speak it forth. It's time to speak to our mountains, to speak to our Goliath. In Mark, we know that Jesus, well, we, we can read that Jesus is teaching those around him or the disciples. And he says, let me just read it actually before I get it wrong. He says, um, truly I tell you, Mark 11, verse 23, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes, there it is again, believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So Jesus doesn't say, um, if anyone thinks about this mountain and then says, he actually says, if anyone says to this mountain, speaks to this mountain, it's, the, it's not enough to just think about things. We've actually got to be intentional. We've got to get ready for battle. We've got to be standing up on the front lines because this is the season God is going to pour out his, pres his presence like never before. And we've got to get into an offensive posture and speak to our mountains. Be moved in Jesus' name. I, I declare breakthrough in Jesus' name. And I want to take it one step further. Take the word of God and and declare it over, over us today, over your Goliaths. We must all have something standing in our way. 
We've got to have the courage, the faith to speak to it. Proverbs says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. So actually, guys, can you imagine if all of our lives were little fountains of laughs and we go out into, the, into our city, into our schools, into our workplaces, and we start to speak, and there's just fountains of laugh everywhere we go. Can you imagine the revival that's going to be stirred up because of the righteous speaking words of laugh? Search the promises of God. Write them out. Speak them out. We're going to end this morning by speaking the word of God out over our circumstances. Romans 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so I want to encourage you in your own time, <coughs> excuse me, in your own time, take the word of God and what he says about you, about your circumstance, about your health, about your protection, about your future, and speak it out in your own time. Because there's power when we speak it out. Because as we speak, our faith levels rise because we're hearing the word of God. Like, do you, do you get how powerful that is? We're engaging all of our senses and our faith levels rise as we speak because we hear the word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God, and speak it out. Friends, it's time to stand and speak the word of God this morning. So I've done, I've done read the word, believe the word, speak the word, and we're going to move on to pray the word. Um, and Guy Emery is actually fantastic at this. I had a conversation with him the other day, and he often gets here at like 5.30 in the morning and just reads the Psalms over our church. How amazing, Guy, if you're here, thank you. Thank you for contending for our church. Pray the word of God. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. We like what, you know, Jesus says, ask according to my will and it will be done for you. And we like, well, what is the will of God? I don't even know. Well, he knows what the will of God is. So when we take this word and we just begin to pray it over ourselves, and I often love to pray the Psalms, We'll pray it over ourselves, and we're actually asking according to his will. Pray the word. Mahatma Gandhi says, um, it's going to come on the screen. Mahatma Gandhi says, who's not even a believer, says, you Christians look after a document containing enough dynamite to blow all civilization to pieces, turn the world upside down, and bring peace to a battle-torn planet. But you treat it as though it's nothing more than a piece of literature. This morning, the Holy Spirit is depositing a hunger and appetite for His Word like never before. Are we going to take up the sword and fight? And fight. It's time to fight. It's time to be in the war zone. And my last point is pursue the Word of God. And this is my favorite because it's all about Jesus and we lifted Jesus high this morning, and we're getting ready for Jesus to come. We want to be a, a ready bride. We want to be a battle-ready bride. We want to be ready for him, pure and holy. And so pursue the word who is Jesus Christ himself. In John 1 verse 14, it says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. This morning, I want to I tell you, if you don't know, that Jesus is the Word made flesh. 
So when we engage with the Word of God, we're engaging with the person of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so one way we can get to know Jesus, and some of us may feel far this morning from God and be like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know how to start. I want to say start in the Word, because He is the Word made flesh. In the wilderness, when Jesus came up out of the, um, came out of the wilderness and he got baptized, I love this picture, and it's so real to me, is Jesus comes up out of the water, he's getting baptized, and he hears the Father say, you are my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus, the word, comes up out of the water, and the Holy Spirit, the dove, lands on him and empowers him for ministry. So the word comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him and empowers him. So as we read the word, know that the Holy Spirit's going to descend on you and empower you for your assignment at hand. It's so powerful. Thank you, Jesus, for, for, for being a, a triune God. God, the God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can't do this without one or the other. It's all in one. We want all of him. And I believe God wants to reveal all of himself to you through the scriptures. Pursue the word. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Can you say that with me? Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. It's a promise. When we draw near, he promises to draw, to draw close. So all we've got to do is be intentional about drawing to him, coming close, and he promises to meet you there. He wants to meet you there this morning. Start small. Sometimes we want to start big and we make it super complicated and super spiritual, but actually it's the small things that he wants to meet us in. It's the small things. It's the small discipline of sitting down to engage with Jesus through the scriptures. Pursue the word of God. And so as I wrap up, because I believe the Lord wants to do some ministry here at the end, these are my final little takeaway points. Grab a Bible buddy. I've had back a buddy in my mind the whole, the whole time while I was preparing, but grab a Bible buddy. Like I know that's super old school, but grab a Bible buddy. Be like, okay, let's be accountable. We're going to start on the scriptures. We're going to read John. Do it. Kathy and Ray, do it well. They've got her, the hermeneutics, how do you even say that, course. It's a how to read the Bible. We've got to be intentional. This is war, guys. This is not just like, this is not religion. This is about relationship. And so when we come to the scripture, we're asking Holy Spirit to make Jesus come alive to us, to get to know him more. Um, yeah, get intentional. How hungry are you? I want you to go away. That's your homework. And ask yourself, how hungry am I? Am I, am I crying out to God for the outpouring of his presence? Or am I waiting for everyone else to do it? Because Jesus wants a, a bride. He's coming back for this whole bride, the, the global bride, and he wants all of us, if we all meet him with our hunger, I know he's going to pour out his power. There's warfare around our words. We live in an age where there's so much chatter on social media. Our WhatsApps never stop. We've got to be a generation that's rooted in the one word, the one word of God. Um, and so, yeah, that is, I, I hope you've been blessed by that this morning. So just those five points, read the word, believe the word, speak the word, pray the word, and pursue the word. And just in closing, friends, I, um, 
I have faith today for us all to leave here equipped and empowered for our mountains, for our Goliaths, for our walls of Jericho, and God wants to bring them down this morning, and he wants to breathe life. And I had a beautiful picture of rain falling in this auditorium, and it's the rain from heaven. It's the rain of the Holy Spirit. He wants to rain down over your life and pour himself out. And a few nights ago, I actually had a dream in the middle of the night, and um, I really, I'm really trusting it speaks to somebody here. But in this dream, I'm not going to give you all the detail, but I really believe that there's someone here this morning that lost something in 2017 and a, a stronghold has crept into your life. So in the form of depression, um, just a spirit of addiction, or you just can't get over it, but there's something holding you back and you've never been able to be freed from it because of something that was taken from you in 2017. And so if that is you, and you're so bold and brave, I'd love you to stand up because this morning I want to wash you in the Word of God. You know, in Ephesians, um, Paul speaks about a husband and a wife, and he says, you know, wash, wash your wife in the Word of God so that she may, be, she, she may be pure and holy without blemish. And so I really believe that the Word of God is a tool this morning, and we want to wash you. So if that's you and you're so brave, I'd love you to stand up. I'll just give you a little moment. God wants to meet you. Thank you. And that may be more than one. Thank you for being so brave. Is there anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. God is here. Today is your day of freedom. We don't want anyone left behind, so I'm going to wait a little while longer. I feel he's, he's so here. Thank you. Jesus, you see every individual standing in faith today. And I thank you, Lord, that you have come and you've said it is enough. It is finished. And the blood of Jesus speaks a better word over your circumstance. And today I want to tell you for standing that today is the day of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you see what was lost. You see what was taken or stolen from these people. You see what they lost. And you want to redeem and restore tenfold. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you came to redeem and restore. And so we speak the blood of Jesus over each of these people standing. We apply the blood of Jesus over them and we declare that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. You are marked by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just, we just speak over their minds. Break the strongholds in the name of Jesus.
I really believe for you four that it's, it's time to take him at his word. It's time to not believe the report of the day or the report that you heard. It's time to believe that he has a future and a destiny for you and he's in your future and he's in your today and he was in your past. And I feel like I need to remind you that he was there for you. In 2017, he came with you. He came with you and he's with you. Amen. And then I just have one more group. Well, not group. I actually want all of us to stand as a prophetic declaration. So won't you stand with me? It's time to stand. A battle ready, Brad. Just, uh, you know, often at the end of a service, we we say, just stand. And the reason why we're doing that is there's got to be a response. There's got to be... So what we're doing now, actually what I want us to do is not just stand. I actually want us to take a stand. Like take a step forward. Yes, good, stand. Because actually what we're doing now, God's been speaking about certainty and now the Word of God. And there's nothing more certain yes. than the Word of God. True story. Nothing more right. certain. Yes. And when you come into agreement, agreement is a huge thing. When you come into agreement with truth, it establishes itself in your heart. And when you declare, what you're doing is you agreeing with the truth which is the Word of God. So when you pray the Word of God and you speak the Word of God, the certainty of that bearing fruit is absolutely 100%, which is what Jan's been saying. So just don't use this as a moment just to stand while we're going to pray at the end before we go. I know Jan's got some declarations and all of those, you saw them a bit earlier, they're all out of the Bible. So those are certain declarations yes. and certain promises that when you step into that, and come into agreement with that establishment happens. It's a simple concept. And we miss it so easily. So just before Jan takes us further, I just wanted to say that because I do feel like God wants to do something significant. It's amazing that Jan said she had a dream about the, the rain or washing. I was gonna when you when you're hosting and you're trying to thinking what what's the word that sums up this morning? And the word that I had, it's like we've been washed. The rain has come, uh, Jan has come and literally drenched us with the Spirit of God, with the Word of God. And so let's do this now with agreement, with faith, and just Jan can lead us through. So I call these victory declarations, and it did take me quite a while to go through the Bible and handpick them and write them out. But we're going to speak the Word of God out. So I want you to think about the giant that you are facing in your life. And the beautiful thing about that sword that Paul speaks about is that it's, it's, up clo- it's, it's for up close personal battle. So what is up close to you? What mountain is right there? We're going to tell that thing to foot sack in Jesus' name. We're going to tell it to grow. And um, I've also got some health declarations if you're battling with your health and family. If, you, if you're raising children, I've got some declarations. You can come grab a piece of paper afterwards. So we're going to I'd love you just to to speak with me. If you can put that slide up, Shepard. I hope you can see the writing. Okay, and we're going to just go through them. Okay. Stand victorious. One, two, three. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Jesus, the victor, goes before me and hems me in, behind me and before me. You've empowered my life for triumph. I reign in life through Jesus Christ. You have anointed me and pour fresh oil over me. 
I speak to the dry bones in my life and I prophesy over them. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. My marriage will live. My gifts and callings upon my life will live. My finances will live. My business will live. There's one more. I ask you, God, to set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I persist in speaking your word until it accomplishes its purpose. It is like fire. It is like a hammer that shatters a rock. Your blood speaks a better word over my health, my family, my circumstances. You, Yahweh, are my shield. You take me and surround me with yourself. God renews my youth like the eagles. I take authority over and bind up every power of the enemy against my life. By the Spirit and power of God, I go into the enemy's camp and I speak life back into everything that was slain by the enemy. And I take back everything that was stolen from me. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful, Jan. That was absolutely magnificent.